This is the Ultimate Advisor Podcast, the podcast for financial advisors who want to create a thriving, successful, and scalable practice. Each week, we'll uncover the ways that you can improve your referrals, your team, your marketing, and your business operations, helping you to level up your advising practice, bring in more assets, and create the advising practice that you've dreamed of. You'll be joined by our hosts, Brian Sweet, who is moving fast towards a billion dollars in assets under management. Brittany Anderson, the driving force for advisors looking to improve their operations and company culture. And Dre Redfern, who can help you systematize and automate your practice's marketing to effortlessly attract new clients. So, what do you say? Let's jump into another amazing episode of the Ultimate Advisor Podcast. Welcome back to the Ultimate Advisor Podcast. Brittany Anderson here with a incredibly special guest. I've said special guest before, but today you get to hear from the one and only, my very own business coach, and I'd like to call him life coach too, Jerome Myers. Uh, Jerome is a veteran business leader turned exit strategist with a profound understanding of the founder's exit paradox. This phenomenon speaks to the intricate emotional and psychological landscape founders traverse on their entrepreneurial journey. Jerome's expertise is rooted in his ability to navigate and support others through this deeply complex journey of detachment, which encompasses a myriad of behavioral, affective, and cognitive processes. Having constructed a $20 million, 175-person division of a Fortune 550 company from the ground up, Jerome is well acquainted with the emotional investment one pours into their venture. His unique perspective integrates insights from the influence work of Mark Martin Seligman in positive psychology with his own groundbreaking red pill model. This combination provides a multifaceted framework for entrepreneurs to address the challenges associated with the founder's exit paradox, particularly across six pivotal areas, self-image, relationships, work, health, prosperity, and significant. Through his coaching programs and podcasts, Jerome empowers leaders to embrace this transition gracefully, facilitating personal growth and transformation amidst change and inviting them to confidently ask themselves, are you ready for your next? Jerome, welcome to the show. Brittany, or as I call you, B. So good to be with you today. Thank you for having me on the show. Hello to your community. Super excited. Well, this is going to be absolutely fun. Absolutely amazing. Uh, So here's the deal. As an advisor tuning in, we are hearing more and more often Uh, how can I provide additional resources to my very best clients? And a lot of those very best clients happen to be business owners. So Mm -hmm. I happen to know that Jerome has an amazing ability in helping people navigate exits, but in a way that is maybe unconventional and not what you hear enough about. So can you share a little bit of your wisdom when it comes to these liquidity events and the challenges that come with them that we might not be able to anticipate? Yeah, so these liquidity events are things that I think every advisor is looking for when they're trying to get or gather assets under management. And so we'll start there because I want them to pay attention because as we go deeper into this, they're going to start to roll their eyes in the back of their head and say, that's ooey gooey, woo woo mushy stuff. And I don't (laughs) care anything about that. Just show me where the money is so I can help them invest it and I can get my fee. And 
that sounds really cynical, but I just see so many people who aren't actually interested in supporting the founders that create the wealth. They're interested in figuring out how they're going to take some of that wealth and put it in their pocket. And I say that very directly because I think that we're doing those folks a disservice. And in the end, I think that ends up doing a disservice to the advisor. Let me explain. So let's say that the person is kind of scraped and scratched. And most business owners aren't good clients for advisors until they sell their business because all the money gets reinvested back in the business. And so they've been scraping, they've been scratching, things have been going pretty well, but now they hit the lot, right? They got the pot of gold at the end of the rain. And this new found wealth, for many of them can be overwhelming. This newfound wealth is something that challenges their identity. And what happens when we don't have an identity that matches the resources that are available to us? We get rid of them. And so you as an advisor, if you're not helping grow the identity, the self-image of the people who you're serving, you are going to have somebody who's going to sabotage the plan that you put together. And that is going to be extremely frustrating. It's going to have a negative financial impact for you. And right or wrong, you're going to be part of the reason why this happened. But it doesn't have to be that. So whenever founders exit, Brittany, we found that they experienced the six centers of, and then a plan on how we believe that you can actually achieve that. And then we put the bow on top, which is doubt. You mentioned it in my bio and it was towards the end. So people might've stopped listening halfway through. So let me just re-say it, right? Self-image relationship, work, health, prosperity, and significance. When you sell a business or exit an enterprise, or let's say you leave corporate if you were an executive and you had this 15 to 35 year career, you are in a space where the majority of your identity is tied to the work that you do. It's the title. Most people don't introduce themselves as a person who does this, that, or the third. They say, hey, I run this company or I own that, or you know, I'm senior vice president of such and such at this place. Right or wrong, that's their identity. And so let's strip that away. Let's strip away maybe the car they drove. Let's strip away the office that they had. And now they're questioning who they are without. In addition to that, you work in a place that long, even though there is a lot of turnover in corporations now, the core group of people that folks work with tend to stay around. And so your relationships are now stripped away. The people, when when I ask people, tell me about your five, most people will say people they work with and then the people who live in their household with. Well, the people who they work with are now gone because they've moved on to something else. They've retired, they've sold, they've moved out of the space of showing up and doing the eight to 12 hours a day that most people do for work. So those relationships are gone. And then it's the work, right? So you no longer work in that place. All right. So the three core items of a person's life are gone. Just like that. Just like that. In an instant, the wire hit, they might be distracted by that for a while. They might want to sit down with you and say, hey, I'm going to fund the college plan. I'm going to buy my dad a Corvette. I'm going to buy myself two or three cars. Uh, and now what do I do? Because let's be honest, they don't have a bucket list of things to do. And maybe if they do, you don't want them to spend all the money on the bucket list because we need to fund retirement because we just cut off their income. So let me pause right there and, and see if you got any questions based on what I've just shared? Yeah. Well, first of all, I I'm sitting here going, I could listen to this for days. 
<laughs> because I've seen this play out so many times. So, you know, one thing that comes to mind is I was actually in a conversation with a, a business owner recently. Um, he just, and, and, and to give a little backstory, this gentleman has had his business for sale off and on for probably 10 years. And mm-hmm. my belief is that he did this because he was too uncertain about the two. So we're in this conversation the other night and he says, I finally sold and you know, I I'm, I'm really excited about this and I've got a couple things in mind that I'm going to do. So I started asking him questions and I started saying, okay, so how are you going to spend your time? Like, well, you've got all this time. What are you going to do now? You said you've got a couple things in mind. And he's like, well, I think I'm going to help with a, a golf course locally. And, um, you know, there, there's some things around the house I want to get to. And I was like, okay, what else? Well, yeah, I don't know. I figured I'm just going to think about it and figure it out. And we start peeling back these layers and he immediately goes into this like shutdown mode. It's like something is clicking in his head that he's going, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about this. I haven't actually really leaned into it. And I don't think I want these tough questions. So Jerome, in that instance, how do you start peeling back the layers and how do you start really opening people up to think about, you know, this too, that's what's next and get them to take the time to pause and really show them the importance of it. Yeah. So it's my belief that you shouldn't exit if you don't know what your next is. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a second mountain to climb, you can get stuck in the valley. Now, there's plenty of people who say, oh, well, the valley can't be that bad. And I've got the money and the time. I'll figure it out. Just like the example that you just gave us. But here's the problem. There's so many people that go down into the valley and they never come back. You can see, and we could talk about entertainers like Robin Williams, right? He made so many people laugh and so many people happy. But deep down inside, he was so sad that he took life. Now, I'm not saying that that is the plot for every small business owner or business owner in general or executive who's exiting. But what I am saying is that if you don't have a plan, that the valley is going to be much deeper because you don't even know where to begin. And money is just an amplifier for what's already there. When you add in time on top of the money, you find yourself in a place where you can contemplate the things that you were too distracted to even consider. And so we want people to be very excited about what they're going to next. We believe in exiting the X. And so I'm leaving this thing behind because I see a new thing coming. And the way that I love to illustrate this is talking about relationships. So there's this thing called circle dating, right? Where people don't date one person. They've got a cadre of people that they're dating until they find the one who they enjoy spending time with. And then eventually they come out of the circle and the two or however many in their relationship go off and do the thing. We as founders don't have the capacity to circle date. When we're building something big, it takes all of our attention. We are one, I'll say one woman, man, or one man, woman, however you want to put it, right? We are doing that deal. And so for those folks who are monogamous with their business relationship, they end up in a space where they go deeper. And it's just like if you're dealing in a relationship, if you're dating a whole bunch of people, one person leaving isn't that big of a deal. When you're dating one person and they suddenly are gone, it becomes a very, very big deal. So with that as kind of a metaphor for what we're discussing here, 
the goal is to begin to transition. And so I like watching like Circus Dole. And as a kid, I like going to the circus. And it, the kid, when I take the kids to Disney, there's some shows like Lion King where there's trapeze artists, right? And so the goal is to swing up on your trapeze, leave that trapeze and grab the next one. But there's got to be something coming towards you in order for you to grab it. What is that thing? We got to set our sights on that. And you that's a very simple question. I'm giving you a long answer. But the answer to that question is, one, getting an independent evaluation of your skill sets, the things that anchor your identity, the things that are important to you from a problem standpoint that now that you have the time and the financial capacity that you might want to go out and solve and put all those things, process them in our little black box. And then we come back to you with the report that lays out the anchors for your identity, the roadblocks that you're having to achieving or accomplishing your success, the gaps that you have in skill set. One sentence telling you what we think is your next your rewards for actually achieving or accomplishing this mission that we believe you should embark on. And while we haven't been completely right about exactly what the person is supposed to be doing, we get them directionally correct. And so when I say directionally correct, I live in North Carolina. If, if I want to come visit Brittany, I need to start heading Northwest. I can head Southwest and I'll get there eventually, but I'll need a plane. I might need a boat. I'll get there eventually because I, I can go all the way around the earth or I can actually drive Northwest and get to her eventually. But I don't need to know the city. I don't even really need to know the state. I just need to be going in the right direction. And then as I get closer, I can unpack and un understand and solve for the next thing, which would be the state, then the city, then the street, then the address. And I think that part is what's, what's holding so many people back. They have been certain about things because of the lived experience they've had in the business that they've been in. And now that they step out into a new place, it's almost like going from middle school to high school or high school to college, where you're going back, you're recreating yourself, you're stepping into a new space, it's a new environment. You're not certain about much of anything, but knowing who you are and what you want to do are the only two things that you need in order to embark on the journey. Well, first of all, as you're talking through these different metaphors and analogies, I can literally think of different clients that we have encountered in our wealth planning business where th this whole notion of like the direction, right? At least going in the right direction and being able to get clarity along the way. Uh, I'm going to say this because I think our advisor audience will appreciate it is a lot of our advisor audience, if you're familiar with like the Colby index, um, the different assessments there, a lot of them are high fact finders. And I want you as the advisor listening to really lean into yourself right now. Um, it can be really, really hard to take big leaps without knowing exactly where you're going, because by nature, a lot of times as advisors, we got to know the details. You got to know the facts. You got to know where you're going to give you the confidence to take action. It's what makes you a phenomenal advisor. It what make, It's what makes you that sound person for your clients to lean on. But sometimes we have to lean into an uncertainty. So Jerome, there's one point here that hasn't been touched on yet that I'm sure you would get to, but I got to just go here right now. Okay. We have heard so many times. So you get a highly successful, call it 
entrepreneur or even a small business owner, um, somebody who's coming off of a high profile career who maybe has defined in some aspects what their next is. Maybe they're kind of going that direction, but they have this massive roadblock because they're like, holy cow, I now have to hang out with my spouse a lot more. And we are very used to not having to be around each other a lot. And we're very used to kind of living our independent lives. And this whole thing has just worked. So what the heck am I going to do now? So how do you help tap into that, you know, while keeping people excited about their direction? Because as we know, your home life impacts a lot of different things. Yeah. I don't know that it really worked if you lived a separate life, but you were married and, you know, that's a philosophical. Um, When you're married, I think you're supposed to be one. And so if you're separate, you can't be one. And I'll leave that there. What I will say though, is when you come into this new space, it's an opportunity for you guys to rediscover each other. There's an opportunity to reignite passion. There's an opportunity for you guys to build a vision together what the future looks. And if that's not happening, then I believe that you are setting yourself up for growing apart. Now, Many people will say, oh, well, we're not growing apart. We're just doing our own thing. But think about it. if you have one bucket of resources, the time and the financial resources you have, and you're taking and you're splitting those, are you actually being effective as you could? Is it efficient? And if it's not, why is that? And that isn't something most people want to hear. They would love to say that it's airy-fairy and that all things are going to work out well and just keep doing that way. But you're creating a legacy. If you've been with somebody 15, 20, 30, 40 years, you probably should be creating a joint legacy because at this point in your life, you've been with that person longer than you have. And think about that. They've known you for longer than you haven't known. So how can you have separate legacies? How can you have separate lives? And how can you not be excited about spending time? I think you made the decision to be together because they were pretty cool person. I don't think that that magically went away. It might have changed because of kids or it might have changed because of work, but at the core, that person's still there. And it's up to you to lead that conversation, lead that exploration and begin to have the conversations necessary for you to get on the same page, get alignment and then execute it. You know, I had a download when I was running this morning uh, and it Everybody talks about the ABCs of selling, but I think CDE is a cooler combination. So you want to clarify your vision, develop the strategy, and then execute them. And so if you and your partner can do the C, D, and E, clarify, uh, (laughs) clarify, develop, and execute, you will have so much to talk about. You will feel so empowered. You will feel rewarded. And I think that sense of achievement will lead to level six of the red pill, which we call significant, um, not only at home, but out in the community. Mm. You know, and I think the kind of the lead in into this notion of significance is such a great time because I want to bring back something that you said in the beginning here. Um, Before I get to that, though, the reason I I ask about that spouse dynamic is because we've seen, and I've seen this play out many times over, is if you don't have that aspect dialed in, it can be really hard to focus and make decisions outside of that environment. So I say this not only for the advisors tuning in, but for how we can better serve and prepare our clients 
for one of the biggest transactions or the biggest transaction of their life potentially like we it's our job to help connect the dots and really help help them see the blind spots that they're maybe not identifying so going back to this notion of significant you made a comment earlier and I can't I can't recall exactly how you said it but it's basically like people are only going to have kind of where they see their self at as far as their their worth their significance their play in the world and then they're going to maybe spend the rest of it is really what you were getting to. So I want you to talk a little bit about that because I think seeing this next level significance could maybe help close the gap is maybe where we're getting at. Oh, 100%. So we call it pill, right? Proceeds invested for lasting life. And for a lot of people who are out there, they have seen an issue in the world that they want to eradicate. It could be something that they've experienced, something somebody close to them experienced, but they want to end. And so when you have a large exit and you've got these resources available to you, you move very quickly from an operator, right? We call these folks newly exited operators to a resource allocator. Now, as a financial advisor, which the majority of the listeners of this podcast are, you're saying, no, that's my role. I'm the resource allocator. Here's the thing. You don't get to set their priority, right? You don't get to set you get to tell them, hey, if you don't, if you do this, then you might not be able to do that, but you don't get to set the priorities. And so the goal is to help them become the person who's going to allocate their resources in a way that's going to achieve the maximum benefit, not just for them, not just for you, but for society at large. There comes a point where folks have solved the money problem. And once they solve the money problem, it's my belief that they are then to be of service at the highest order possible. And that may not lead to financial gain. Although I found that the majority of people who live in that space receive more than they ever did when they were doing it just for the money. And so our ability to help elevate the self-image of our clients, and we all are serving the same people, of elevate the self-image of our clients allows them to do more, which then allows us to do. Imagine how much more you can do for a client that's got $10 million than the one who has $1 million. Now, it could be the exact same name of the person, but they've become somebody who's been able to attract that level of wealth to them. And there's a whole lot of exercise we can go through. But the thing that I think is most important is just going through and making sure that they're coherent, that they're in a line and that they you don't see these huge discrepancies between their stated values and the way that they live. And the fastest way that you can demonstrate to them that they're not in alignment between the two is by how they allocate the resources of time and money. Mm. You know, I think you bring up such an interesting point here, Jerome, is that, you know, how we serve and the value that we can add actually increases as Mm -hmm. a client's assets go up. And I fully believe that to be true. Uh, I think in a lot of ways as, you know, like successful advisors, the better the client, the more it pushes us to really make sure we're not only on top of our game, but we're really stepping outside of the box to offer more resources. So my personal belief is that this next, um, let's call it definition of a, of a successful advisor, the advisor 2.0 per se, the advisor 2.0 is going to need to be able to deliver more than basic wealth management. Again, this is just my opinion, but I think that there is this demand that's happening as we're interacting more and more with, you know, ultra wealthy or high net worth individuals. They're not coming to an advisor for even just the basic family office principle anymore, which used to be, you know, that was the the cat's meow or however you want to say it of, of advising. It's more so about 
access. And I think that's really what you're talking about here is we need to be able to put resources in front of our best clients to help them have even greater success in whatever they're pursuing and to define their own success. So Jerome, as you think about this and this kind of up-leveling that's happening, you know, what are some things that advisors could do, you know, outside of bringing you in, which I want you to talk about how they can get a hold of you in a minute, but what are some things that advisors could do to help stimulate these conversations, to help kind of start planting seeds here with their client? Yeah. I think the first thing that they should be doing is asking the client, what is your plan for your business? Every relationship, including our relationship with our business ends at some point. And so you can talk to them about estate planning where they want to leave their wealth, but if you're not talking to them about what the end goal is for the business, you are allowing them them to be irresponsible with something that could create significant wealth for um, them and their family. So the first question is, hey, what is your end goal for it? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to give it to kids? So on and so forth. And then actually explore how they're planning to do that. Because most people are so busy in the day-to-day that they don't ever consider the end of the business. The second thing I think that they should be doing is saying, okay, so this is how we're going to end it. And here's kind of the plan for ending it. What are you going to do next? So what's your next? And really asking them, forcing them to answer that question because they're going to need to fund. And if you are the person who's helping them allocate the resources to fund the next, then it puts you in a position where you can anticipate their needs and meet them, be that advisor 2.0, meet them in a space with a plan so that they don't have to actually figure out the stuff that you have been trained and worked your whole career to be great. From there, once they know they got the money part taken, care of, there's an emotional part that most advisors don't want to get involved in. And that's where we think we can add a tremendous amount of value where we can come in and help them navigate the feelings that are going to come up when they start to detach from the thing that they've been doing. The other thing that we can really help them do is get clarity on the vision and then help them develop the strategy. And if they want, execute the plan with them so that they can make that transition. And it's almost building a bridge from where they are to where they want to go. So here's the thing that I've been doing. I'm ready to walk out of the business, whether they're putting a CEO in place and stepping away from the day to day or actually selling the entity. And now I want to walk across this bridge instead of going down in the valley to my net. And now we're building it, we're growing it. And this I'm not sad about losing or leaving this. I'm excited about this new relationship that I get to go in, be totally immersed in and find out all the new things and explore the nuances and get some of the hard lessons because we all know that that's part of the journey. And so that is what I really believe people should, if they want to be the next level of service for their. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's so much value there and I have a really important question. But first, before I get to that question, um, Jerome, if, if an advisor listening in wants to get in touch with you to talk about, we're going to call it the softer side of the cell. Uh, Maybe the stuff that they don't necessarily want to do, but they know needs to be done. How would they go about getting a hold of you? Yeah. The exitparadox.com is a place where they can go find out more about us, get a copy of our white paper, which they can just give as a free resource to their clients Mm -hmm. because it's 36 pages of our best stuff to help them come up with the tools for navigating this exit paradox that they're going to experience. And then if they want to chat, we'll be more than happy to jump on with them. There's a way for them to get in contact with us on the backside of that. Plus we'll send them some other content, which we think is extremely valuable 
once they grab that guy. Mm. And, you know, I think number one, and I'm, I'm a little biased in this, but truly anything that Jerome puts out is made with the utmost quality and with the client in mind. So highly recommend you go, you, you download the things, uh, you sign up for the information because honestly, I believe that it's, it's part of our due diligence in really making sure that we have access to the best resources out there. So this question, and and this is going to apply. So for our advisors tuning in, uh, I may have some of you get a little uncomfortable on this, uh, but you may have also seen it with your clients as as well. So Jerome, how do you handle the owner, the founder, maybe that deep down, they know it's their time. Like they need yeah. to move on. The company's in very capable hands. Um, maybe they're even a hindrance to the growth. How do you handle somebody that, you know, needs to let go, but they just can't or won't right now. You can't make them. It's almost like trying to take a toy from a kid. Um, <laughs> but what you can do is invite them into conversations about the future. The only reason that they're staying where they are is because they don't have a better option. Right? If they had something that was more exciting for them, they'd be happy to leave the thing behind. Let's be clear. Old things lose their luster, right? They're not as shiny. They're not as bright as they were. And so if we can come up with something that's more alluring, we can get them to move to that place. Now, you have to be gentle in that conversation. You have to explore it. But once you're in that space and you are there and they trust you and you can get them to open up, you can find the stuff. And then the only thing that will hold them there still is their lack of confidence in their ability to actually be able to achieve. And with our two call experience, where it's two hours of interview and two hours of us reporting back that we alluded to earlier, um, we give them the plan so that they can see the gaps. And then we help them identify and understand what you can do in order to plug those holes, plug those gaps so that they can step out into this thing and be confident on what to expect. You know, the biggest thing that we don't want people to do is be blindsided because when they're blindsided, they get scared and they run off the field and they probably don't come back on. But here's the thing that I don't want anybody to miss. And this is why it's just so important. When people get ready, when people exit their business, more often than not, it's the biggest financial windfall of their life. And it gives them the opportunity to be the one that changes their fi family's financial trajectory. For the people who are so scared to have their exit, they're being, for all intents and purposes, self. And they may be hindering their family from getting the opportunity to enjoy the immense wealth that they've spent their whole career maybe the majority of their life trying to create. And missing that is probably a greater tragedy than somebody experiencing the founder's exit paradigm because there is no opportunity to allocate the resource if you don't have the exit. So what we don't want people to do is waste all of the hard work that they have because they didn't get it. Yeah. So I think that the way you explain that is, is such a beautiful thing. And I think too, going back to even, even how you shared, how do you start conversations around, you know, the business exit and helping people think in the way that they need to think it really starts with some great questions. And my personal belief is that, you know, when we look at um, how we can be inspired. So if you're an advisor tuning in and you're thinking, man, um, I've got some clients who this is completely relevant to, I've seen this play out, or as an advisor tuning in, you're thinking, 
this is me. <laughs> I'm at this point where I need to really start looking at my own what's next because I'm bored or, you know, I've kind of been there, done that, and I need something different. I need something to shake me up. You know, I think oftentimes when we look outside of ourselves and at others, we can gain some great insight and inspiration. So Jerome in that, that the true, um, essence of inspiration. What does dreaming big mean to you at this point in your life? Yeah. So the big dream is one that has people fighting over the opportunity to carry your casket. I mm -hmm. believe carrying someone's casket is the greatest honor that one person can have and being selected by the person to carry the casket is even a greater, but for most people, they don't ever consider that. They don't consider the six people who are going to help you make it to your final resting place when you can't make it there yourself. So the thought is, how can you impact the world in such a way that you have people fighting over that opportunity? Because I suspect you're not going to pick the people. And when you've lived your life that way, you will know that you've had significant impact in me. And some people will say, oh, I just want my kids or, you know, my immediate family to do that. Uh, and I think you would be doing the world a great disservice by limiting it to that because there's so many other people who you can positively impact. You know, the folks who listen to this podcast are going to go out and do something. They're going to impact somebody else and then they're going to impact somebody else. We can't begin to understand the impact of just this one conversation and the action that people take on the backside of it. So to limit it and say, hey, well, this is just for me and B. No, it's for everybody out there who we can potentially reach. And so it, the big dream is the one where you impact people and they want to come thank you, tell you how they couldn't have done it without you to have the ultimate honor of being able to care. Mm, um, well, you got me a little misty eye, my friend. Uh, what a what a beautiful way to to segue out. So, um, Jerome, before we wrap, is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have? You know, the one thing that I love to leave people with is you asked about dreaming big, but the one thing I love to leave people with is that their dreams should be. Real. And I know many of us get into the rigmarole and the humdrum of the day to day, and we're just doing the thing, and most of us have our head down. We're not looking in the stars or the sky and dreaming it, but I'm, I want them to know deep down inside that your dream should be real. And if you forgot how to dream, we can help you figure out that dream again. But if you are dreaming and you keep putting it on the shelf or saying you're going to get to it, I'm begging you, if you got to this part of the podcast, that you actually take a step towards it because there are people that you haven't met who are counting on you to do the thing that's been placed on your heart. And that is one of the grandest missions that any of us can have. Mm, beautifully said, beautifully stated, as always. Uh, one more time, Jerome, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Yeah, hop over to the exitparadox.com. We've got white papers and a whole bunch of other free resources to help people who are navigating the fun. Well, thank you, my friend, for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. I sincerely appreciate you. So grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. That wraps up today's episode of the Ultimate Advisor Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to throw us a like, uh, subscribe so that you are the first to know when the new episodes drop and share it with a friend. Share a little insight, give, give it forward, pay it forward and do something good for your day. We'll catch you right back here next week. Hey there, Brittany Anderson here. If you are loving what you're hearing on our Ultimate Advisor Podcast, don't keep us a secret. Share us with other advisors that you think would benefit from the messages that you are hearing. 
The easiest way to do that is to simply send them to ultimateadvisorpodcast.com. And if you want to learn a few other ways that we could potentially serve you as an advisor, go check out ultimateadvisormastermind.com. As always, we are so happy to have you here with us as part of the Ultimate Advisor community, and we look forward to a continued relationship.